Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. That the Spirit of God would draw you closer. He would cause your heart to expand and increase with capacity for His love and spirit and life. He would lift your heart higher. He would lift your vision higher. And He would come with words of faith and comfort and say, I will not allow you to be overwhelmed. I will draw close and I will carry you when needed. I will strengthen you to run and I would cause your spirit to arise, to see and embrace His amazing kingdom of freedom and life and power. For He's a good Father that would equip you and lead you and empower you and strengthen you and cause you to flow together in unity and power and freedom. Just let your heart just rise. Jesus. Thank you, Father. I just feel his love and intimacy drawing us. So it's going to be okay. I'm going to empower. I'm going to walk with you. I will grow inside of you. Thank you, Father. It's so good. So good. So good just to worship God. Just need to keep praying for Mary Lynn. She's still recovering from an inner ear infection after the flu. Slowly getting her energy back, but that's still hurting and causing her to in pain and not hear very well. So we need to really just pray for that. Wayne and Belinda send their apologies. They've got visitors arrived from Melbourne a day early, so they're going to try and bring them to the meeting tomorrow night. And uh, Ron and Elva also send their apologies and one or two others uh, that have got other commitments. Doug, do you want to lead us in prayer that God will just speak to our hearts tonight also for Marilyn and anyone else that's not well or unable to be with us? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that your spirit is with us and present here tonight. And Lord God, we thank you that your spirit is also present with those who can't be here tonight. Father, we do ask in Jesus' name that you would extend your hand to heal those who are sick, Lord. Heal those people who need a touch from you, Father. Lord God, we pray that Father, there would uh, be such a sense of team fostered here. Lord, not just amongst those present, but Lord, to include all those who can't be here. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you, Lord, for that spirit of unity, for that spirit of leadership, Lord, 
and that that, uh, that sense of team and belonging, Father, just to be fostered amongst us now, Lord. Father, we pray for your anointing upon those who are going to share tonight and ask you, Lord, that you would give us liberty in your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Thanks, Aaron. God bless you. Let's take our seats. It's so good to be able to gather at the beginning of this year. Welcome back to Sylvia. They've been to Melbourne for a weekend for a family event and uh, so good to be able to. And Val's been to the tennis in Melbourne. How was that? Awesome, eh? Went to the grand final. Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's great to celebrate and it's great to have Carl with us. And he's going to share with us uh, in a little while. We're going to share some vision and some update on things and then Carl's going to sh- share a word to stir us and inspire us. And it's been great to uh, have Carl with us. What a great start to the year. It's always busy. And uh, even over holiday time, there's been some good impact and breakthroughs and people coming to Christ. And on Sunday, I think we had three first-time decisions. Seven, was it seven recommitments? Or six, seven? Um, Six people signed up. New people said they want to join our church. Just people that have arrived in town or been coming for a few weeks filled out the form at least 12 people filled with the holy spirit uh it was hard to count them all there probably was more but there's probably about at least 12 i know of and that was very exciting some were so impacted i remember praying for one lady in the second service she's been coming for about six months got two teenage kids and uh her and her daughter had never been full of the Holy Spirit. And we prayed for her and the power of God just hit her. She was on the floor just shaking and vibrant, speaking loudly in tongues. Never been full of the Holy Spirit. She was down for about 15 minutes and she got up a changed lady. Something really happened to her. And others had varying encounters. So God's at work. And it's great to uh, be uh, stirred up in our faith. And I believe we've got an open heaven that's just going to, we're going to continue to walk into and run after. The worship was just such a flow on Sunday and, and uh, it's just great to be able to share together. Um, I want to hand out some uh, just updated uh, vision and just a reminder of our DNA and our culture and a few themes for the year. So uh, just uh, take one each and uh, share around and as leaders we want to share this and we'll obviously share this on Sunday um, but I want to share with you as leaders first and uh, our vision hasn't changed. We've changed the wording slightly, but our vision hasn't changed. God gave us, gave us this the first year we were here. And, uh, but we need to be reminded of it as leaders. And, uh, and then our DNA and our culture has been developing in our church. So our vision, we need to read it together. You ready? Our vision is to transform Harvey Bay and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ by serving our community with hope truth and love we took the word message out because we just want it to be happening through our lives so instead of it's like we're not going out there trying to convert everyone we're going out to bless our community and our city and love them and in the process jesus grabs a hold of their heart they ask the questions and yes they they receive that good news so we've only just adjusted the wording slightly this year i believe it's a year of harvest I just believe it's a year of harvest. And while we're on holidays, God just really stirred my heart with that key scripture in Matthew 9, 37 and 38. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 
And uh, we were away three Sundays, and Sunday week when I got back, I looked out, and there was about 30 people in the church I didn't know. I thought, wow, a lot happens when you're away for three weeks. And I know some were on holidays, but there's a whole lot of new people that are getting saved and coming and moving into the area. And uh, so that's really exciting. And the other key scripture that we've had now for a few years is Jeremiah 33, 3, 6 and 9. This is a theme scripture. The first verse I haven't written down there, Call to me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. Verse 6, I'll bring health and healing to it. I'll heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. This city will bring me renown, joy, praise and honor before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things I do for it. They will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. And prophetically, that speaks about Jerusalem. But about 12 years ago, down that back corner when I was praying in a prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit said, you can have it for Harvey Bay if you like. And I said, thank you, Jesus. And something exploded in my heart. So that's a key scripture we have for our church, that we keep praying for health and healing, prosperity, peace, security, and that many will hear about what God is doing in this city and in our church. And so that's a great scripture to have. And I encourage you to pray over that regularly um just praying about the last few years we've had key themes for our church and uh, i've been praying on these and talking to some of the leaders and this first term we want to focus in on prayer because that scripture says ask the lord of the harvest pray and ask the lord of the harvest for more workers laborers leaders and i'm believing some of these people that are getting saved now and some of the people that are going through transformations are going to become leaders and and carl preached on that champions today he went down and stirred them all up at transformation say you can be champions for jesus and you can see something happening on the inside and their their thinking starting to change instead of a loser or struggling they can become champions and so can we and so can many of the young people we're discipling in our youth and kids ministries and also that are getting saved we're going to see some of them rise up to be great leaders and and workers in the harvest and there's others in our church that have had busy seasons in our life but god's going to release more of them to be able to have kingdom purpose in there as well as their other aspects of normal life so we're going to have the war room movie in a couple of weeks and some of you saw that before chris we're going to show it on a sunday night for free here and and then there's a series out of that there's five lessons out of that and we're going to use that in our life groups and uh, and also uh, just share with that on some key aspects of prayer that are out of that movie it's a very powerful story if you didn't see it you will be really, really impacted. And so we'll have uh, some gear for the uh, life group leaders and we'll use that as a theme for the first term on uh, prayer and pressing into God. Second term, we want to take that theme on out of that scripture of harvest. Don McDonnell's coming back in June, so he's going to stir us up and we'll believe for uh, just that release of harvest and just building friendship evangelism and ministry through all of our life groups and our ministries. I, I just believe it's harvest time. We're seeing more and more people coming in haven't been to church Maddie's here and his uh, brother-in-law got saved on the weekend. How awesome is that, eh? That's so exciting. Maddie's life is so changed. He said, I've got to check out what on earth has changed Maddie's life. So he came to the men's breakfast, put his hand up and came on Sunday morning and came out the front and made a commitment to Jesus. So I was talking to Maddie and Lisa and they're just going to believe one by one the whole family. Maddie's mum came back a while ago. She was here Sunday and she's made a recommitment back to Jesus. So we're going to believe that whole household. And I believe we're going to see that sort of thing just run across our city as families and, and people that we know. And con- And then there'll be others. There's a new girl came on Sunday night. She used to come to our youth group four years ago. 
arrived back in town, rang up, got the bus, came on Sunday night and gave her life back to Jesus and ready to go. And it's like no one contacted her. She just knew this is a place where she could get her life focused again. And so God's drawing people at ministry in youth four years ago, sowing in her. She left town, came back, ready to get connected. So there's lots of stories. And I encourage you to share the stories in your groups of what God's doing. I love sharing stories because a story is a testimony. And the Bible says a testimony is the spirit of prophecy in Revelation. And so every time you share a story, you are sharing a testimony. And a testimony relieves a prophetic faith that if God's done it for them, he can do it for me or my family or my neighborhood. That's why I love testimonies and stories. So don't ever um, hold back on them. Encourage, share one. Third term, God stirred my heart on the the story of Nehemiah. And I'm going to do a series. We're going to do a series on Nehemiah's hands, being equipped to serve. And uh, it talks about a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other to build. And talked about taking the broken stones and rebuilding them into the wall. So God takes broken, burnt people and restores them. So I haven't got it all together, but God sowed a seed in my heart. And I want to do a series and just see where God takes us on that whole journey of building team and, and serving together. And the fourth term, we'll uh, have some fresh folks again on the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I just think we need to be people of the presence of Jesus because that's what people are hungry for. More and more people are coming in and saying, as soon as they walk through the doors and the music starts and the singing happens, they just start to cry because the presence of Jesus is touching their souls. So let's continue to build that. The DNA of our church, this hasn't changed, but we just need to be reminded of it. We've got our acrostic. B, Bible-based church. A, always generous. Y, yes to the Holy Spirit. S for service. I, inclusive. D for discipleship. And E for evangelism. So... We'll mention that again on Sunday, and it's just good to have this in our hearts. So people say, what's your church like? You've got some of those key things in your heart and our soul. And then we've got our culture. That's how we do life. So the last two or three years, we've developed our culture more. A reminder on that, we've got love. At Basa, we express our love with a culture where all people are accepted and valued. We show this by our words, actions, and prayer support. Honor. At Basa, we honor the Lord through our Christian lifestyle and by giving respect to our leaders and those who serve others. Grace, family, hosting the presence of God, being prophetic, which doesn't mean only prophesying, it means being a a voice, a prophetic voice by doing the opposite of what's destroying our community. So when there's need, we become generous. When there's poverty, we are out there sowing and giving. When there's negativity, there's faith and positive hope comes to our community. So God's already doing that. I want to see that just continue to increase. And I believe the prophetic flow is increasing more and more in our church. Because the Bible says, despise not prophesying. He said, everyone should hunger to prophesy. I believe it's the foundational gift of the Spirit. And that's not to get weird and wacky words, but just a word of encouragement, comfort, exhortation. I believe the prophetic word is going to increase this year markedly. And I've found already a sharpness in my life. The first Sunday I was back, I had several words of knowledge and prophecies. And people came. One lady got saved two weeks before while I was on holidays. She came last Sunday when I had a word. And she came out crying to meet me with her friends and said, that's exactly when you had that word about someone 10 years ago had a traumatic thing. It's almost to the day that I left Melbourne from a traumatic lifestyle and arrived in Harvey Bay. And I got saved two weeks ago. And now it all is starting to make sense. And she was just open like that, just with a prophetic word. And I believe God's going to allow that to flow just through our lives, our ministries. And we're going to want to teach some more on that. 
and also service. We have an open heaven with all the people and resources from God to achieve our vision. I believe God's going to continue to add to us, raise up the people and ministries. So that you can, you can take that, you can uh, download it on your computer. We'll uh, send an electronic copy out to, um, to you as well, to all the leaders. So can, some of you would like to have it on your computer, whatever, and uh, we'll uh, do that for you. Okay. Oh, Lydia's not here tonight either. She's got a terrible migraine. How's she doing, Tim? Not, not good. We'll keep praying for her to um, get better. A couple of other goals for this year. Home for the harvest. I'm believing this year we pay off our loan on this renovation. We've only got $250,000 to go. And last year, we paid about that amount off of our loan. And other, So I believe it's well within reach. I'd love to finish, get there before the uh, end of the year. And so that we can clear the debt on this. We're also, we'll get our project team together and review the plans we did about seven or eight years ago for the new building just to tweak them a little bit and see whether we need to adjust them and get that. I'd love to get, because someone was in my office just recently. It was Tim. Tim and Ingra was chatting to them and Tim said, if you had the money, how quick before you'd be ready to build? And I looked him in the eye and said, about six months to get all the processes and things to go. So who knows what God's going to do, hey? So I just believe that God's going to help us to uh, get there. Um, life groups are happening. Doug, do you want to just introduce a couple of the new leaders and uh, group groups that are happening just uh, so we can pray and celebrate with them? Yeah, we got Carolyn Bevan. Wave your hand. Woohoo! Carolyn Bevan are just starting the um, Point Vernon life group up now. It's Keith here. Keith in the room. Keith. There's Keith over there. He's now going to be taking over the um, Playalba group. And uh, gosh, what else is happening? Okay. Yeah, those are the two, two new ones that are starting. So, uh, yeah, and it's, uh, it's all good. Yeah, that's exciting. So we need to pray blessing on you guys. They've been helping out in the group at Urangan, and uh, Doug's leading the Urangan group and raising up um, other leaders. So we're going to see that multiply. So we've got, I think we've got 10 adult groups with the two young adult ones, seven um, on Tuesday or Wednesday nights, and then also the young families group that meets on Saturday. So there's 10 adult groups, plus we've got um, two, uh, two youth ones, which are actually meeting tonight. So there's a couple of our leaders are actually there. They'd planned to start tonight. So Joe and uh, a few of the others, Kerry Ann, and a few of the others are leading that group there as well. So we want to see that continue to grow and increase. Um, also, our men's ministry has kicked back off. And we had about 55 guys here for our first breakfast on Saturday. So every fortnight there'll be something happening. And we've put together a, a list. We're getting together at Jamie's place on Saturday night for a barbie. And one of the things we're going to resurrect this year is the Bayside Blitz. Remember we had Bayside Blitz. We'd get some guys and go out and help do stuff in people's homes. Well, we're going to kick that off again in April. And I'd love to see it happen every two or three months uh, in our church where we can help some of the widows, older folks, single parents and whatever, and we'll, we'll roll that out and get that happening. And we'll try and get some of the transformation guys on and love to have a team of 20 or 30 on a Saturday to get here and pray and then head out across our city and just do some practical work and help people for three or four hours. So that'll be a really good thing to uh, get up and uh, running. So Vision Sunday is this Sunday, and um, we'll have an anointing service at night where we're going to pray for people and their goals. And in the morning, we'll uh, have a a marquee with a table outside so newer people can um, sign up or drop in their new forms or say, hey, I'm interested in 
youth ministry, kids ministry or training, whatever. We won't have all the different ministries like we did last year with the expo. We'll just have one marquee with a sign-up table for people to go out and uh, put their name down and say, I'm interested in learning how to do RI or being a bus driver. And on Sunday, we'll highlight some of the areas that we're looking for more helpers. So we'll have a sign-up um, time. We'll have a join the team sign-up uh, thing happening this Sunday as part of Vision Sunday. So that will be uh, really good. Also, we've got a list of some of the ministry activities. So if you want to hand those out, I think I've got one of those. This is a uh, summary of the ministry calendar for the year. Now, this by no means has every activity that's going to be on. But we've got some of the big ones, the big rocks in and big things in. So if you're in a group or a ministry, you know, hey, don't plan something on that weekend because we've got a guest evangelist here. Or um, please come and check if you're planning any extra activities beyond your normal um, weekly or fortnightly activities you'll notice in there that prayer is our focus so we're actually taught with silver so we're going to put two more 24-7 prayer weeks in the year instead of four we'll have six and we're also going to put two more prayer and praise nights in so they'll be on about every two months instead of once every three months so we're going to have six prayer and praise nights and six 24-7 prayer weeks so we just want to strengthen the prayer and, and encourage that and develop that prayer and praise across our church. Um, we've got various different ministries coming. Pastor Abram's coming in March for a weekend. Uh, Hymn Fest is happening again. Um, we've got Shirley Carpenter's coming back this year for a Sunday in uh, April. Also, Don McDonnell will be coming through to do our uh, Young Adults Conference, which Pete started last year. What we call it? Empower, isn't it? Yeah, and that was, we had about 100 young adults here last year, believing for that to grow and increase. And Don will be here for a few nights with evangelism. Also, Brian and Moya Andrews, who did the marriage seminar last year, are coming back for a weekend, and we're going to get them to do a parenting seminar this time and just impart and teach families. We'll probably take it into the community center outside the church on a Saturday and try and have people from the community come along and offer some hope and help in the whole challenging, exciting adventure of parenting. And... Uh, so later on the year, there's other things happening. Home for the Harvest offering on the 19th of June. Something else we've been thinking about for years, and we've put it in the calendar this year, we're going to have an international Sunday. We're going to celebrate all the different nationalities. People can come dressed up in their clothes. We'll probably have a big international lunch afterward with food. We'll get some international music happening and items. So we haven't planned all out yet, but it's, it's an idea, and I think it's just going to be a, a great fun day. So, so uh, we'll get a team together and help pull that together. That's in July for an international Sunday. Um, lots of other things happening there throughout the year. Don uh, Dion Hockey is most likely coming back. We just haven't locked the date in. It'll probably be in September, similar time to last year, and other things happening there. So that's a list for you. We'll send an electronic list out to all the leaders as well so you've got that on your computers because a lot of people lose pieces of paper these days. I know that's the case because after tonight we'll pick up about half a dozen of people didn't take them home, so we know. <laughs> so uh, we'll get Lydia to uh, send out these things and a few of the leaders aren't here, so everyone gets an electronic copy of these two sheets on there. And like I said, we haven't listed every um, event on there. Um, we're also wanting to do a once a quarter business and professional person's breakfast, probably on a... Wednesday or Thursday morning, we'll do it at a cafe or restaurant around town and we'll just get a network happening with the business and professional people in our church and uh, uh, Christian business people together. So we want to have that. We haven't set some dates for some of those extras, but it will 
happen. Also, um, here we've got the extra prayer happening. This Friday, Andy Kirk from uh, Kids Are Us, and he's coming to do some safer churches training. As you've all heard, the um, Royal Commission into uh, child abuse and the sad revelations that have come out of all that. The Australian Christian churches that we're a part of have um, taken it very seriously. And so there's some updated policies and procedures that are happening. So we're hosting on Friday all the Wide Bay Regional Pastors and leaders and then people from our church, as many of the kids and um, youth leaders and uh, key leaders in our church pastoral team will be doing that training. And then out of that, Daryl Gregg, who is our Workplace Health Safety Coordinator, he's already looking at all that and saying this is great stuff, but there's still some drilling down and more detail that needs to be written. So Doug's had a talk with him, so we're going to work with Daryl and talk with Andy and make sure we get everything done well. So there'll be some rolling out. After Friday, we'll have some other stuff that will be coming out. We've already got a lot of it in process, but there'll be just some improvement on some of those areas of sign-in of kids and issues because some of you are aware on Sunday we had a major incident here. We ended up with three police on site here during the second service at church. And uh, without going into all the details, there was a, a family who've only been here a few times and uh, one, one of them had custody of the kids for the weekend. The other parties came and tried to take the kids during the 10.30 service when they were supposed to. He was supposed to have them until 4 o'clock. And so there was a big incident. The frontline team handled it very well. They kept calm. They really did an excellent job. And some of the other staff, Peter and Mary Lynn, got involved and she did a debrief at the end. So when those things do happen, we need to have our policies and procedures in place. We need to have a good attitude of respect for the people firmness and calmness showing love but sometimes we've just got to take action and separate situations so from all that i've heard the reports that you did excellently so so that's very good because it could have been quite a nasty situation right in the middle of our worship service at 10 30 down the back from a family who we don't really know very well at all first time uh, the husband's been here the wife and mum i think have been here a few times so things like that happen so we just need to make sure we're doing well and thank god for his grace covering it all and uh, the police were involved but they were excellent in their processes as well so we just got to realize that we live in a broken world with broken people with issues and agendas and pain and sometimes it ends up in the church or in our um, ministries and we've got an opportunity to help them process their pain and their life and uh so well done guys um women's ministry groups mary lynn's going to do our low-key high tea and we looks like starting up another bible study or two hey interest um from uh the women um wanting to get together and do a study on a, a friday morning uh bible study uh have to be fairly low-key because some of them have got small children and then also from some of the, the older women looking for uh, prophetic prayer and do, uh, to be able to speak over and into one another's lives on a Friday. So I'm looking at something fortnightly and alternate between those two groups. But um, yeah, I'm looking at doing something in the hall, but uh, for the younger mums with young children so that it's uh, easy, you know, easy over there all set up and then hosting uh, that in, a, in one of the other women's homes. So 
Um, at this stage, it's just expressions of interest and can we do something? So I'm following through with that. It's not be lovely. Really good. So there's people that are hungry to grow and learn. Bible College is kicking off again soon. And how do we go with, pardon, this Thursday? And we had an interest meeting last week in the um, Marketplace Ministry Training. How's that developing? Five signed up? Right, okay, so we've got five people signed up to do a, a diploma in uh, workplace ministry, and it's, uh, so it's an exciting new development of training, equipping people for the marketplace with Christian principles and uh, values. So we're branching out, and, and then we've got the community activities happening. We've got our Steph's doing an awesome job with our community garden. So if you've seen up the back there, there's uh, fences happening, there's uh, trees are being cleared, and they're starting to build garden beds. And Steph is having an all, a bit hot out there, isn't it, Steph? I've seen you sitting under the shade of the trees a few times. <laughs> He's got three work for the Dole guys, and, and none of them are Christians. But, boy, Steph's out there sharing the gospel and sowing the seeds and having lots of fun and discussions. And so that's really good. We've also got some aged care training happening. A group uh, hire our hall here um, four days a week, and that started again this week. And uh, so we've got all the other people coming. We've got our vacation after-school care. Vacation care went so well, didn't it, Sue? And after-school care is picking up. Sue was saying we could have up to 50 kids throughout the week now, whereas uh, a year or so ago we were struggling to get enough numbers to make it viable. Now it's growing and increased. So... I just love watching. I'm here on Friday mornings praying and I see the families driving over holidays dropping their kids off. And they're not Christian families, most of them. They come into the church and drop their kids off and we look after them. I thought, Lord, what an awesome ministry that is. So well done, Sue and Dan and all the team. Kids ministry started off on Sunday, 113 over there on Sunday and the, t- the two of the services together. So lots of new families and people. So there's just... Lots of, there was 516 people here on Sunday morning with the two combined services. And obviously there's a double up on some of the team, but um, that's um, our biggest Sunday numbers for quite a long time. So there's more people coming. and So on that front, as leaders, we just need to be connecting. So on Sundays, before and after service, even during service, be looking to find someone you don't know. And don't use the words... Have you been here before? Because that's embarrassing if they say, I've been here for six months and you just haven't connected with them. I always say, have I met you before? And I ask questions that don't put embarrass them or embarrass you. And so there's ways to connect. And, uh, and if you've seen them here before but haven't got to know their name, it's just if one, if we just one leader connects with each one each week and we're also looking to set up our hospitality team and uh, Mary Lynn's going to develop a team of... Uh, hospitality greeters, carers out there that will fill up. And we've Tim and Ingrid are doing a great job with the frontline team. We're going to strengthen that this year and looking at car parking and uh, our welcome culture and our brochures that we put on the seats. So Doug and Kerry did some work on that last year, so we're going to revisit that now and look at how we can roll out some more parts of that so that we can really make it a welcoming, connecting place for people to really embrace. But it comes back to the personal touch. And there's nothing like just saying hi to someone, offering to sit down for a cuppa on, in the mornings or taking a moment to just build relationship. And some of you, I, I watch you, you're just like busy bees doing it. Others will be a bit slower at it, but just even if you do one each Sunday, it's great. It's just awesome. So keep on that. And youth started on Friday night. What an adventure, hey, Tim? I got all the kids here. Tim's on the phone at five to seven. 
He says, I'm not sure what we're going to do. The storm's about to hit. And then the power went off all across the bay as we're on the phone. I hear this scream of kids in the background in the dark. And Tim says, I better go. <laughs> That's the last I heard of him for about two and a half hours. because <laughs> It did show up a few uh, gaps in our emergency policy. Um, with uh, we had Tim had a torch, but we need some of our torches have vanished. Uh, we need to look at our. We need to have. We need to have our emergency lighting. We've got our uh, exit lights come on, but uh, we need to look at some other emergency because when all the street lights go, the whole place is just pitch black. It is dark as. And so there's a few other processes there we're looking um, to. It, it just helped us realise we need some better procedures. We'll get a. Uh, uh, one of those battery-operated um, speaker systems, loud hailer speaker systems. So if it goes out, we can immediately bring some calm, get gather people together and all that sort of gear. So we've realised there's a few gaps in our emergency procedure. So thanks, Tim, for uh, road testing what we needed to do. <laughs> so poor old Tim and Lydia are a bit worn out by the end of the night. And it was a wild storm, as we all saw. So uh, they'll be back into youth properly this week. So... Uh, and Young Adults is uh, kicking off. Young at Hearts is happening starting on uh, tomorrow. So that's happening as well. So keep praying for Ron and Elba. Ron's health hasn't been good, and we just need to keep praying um, for them. Also, a couple other things happening. Um, Steve Hill has retired from being bus coordinator. Steve, you've retired from teaching. Now you've retired from this. You're, you're amazing at retiring. You're getting good at it. <laughs> But he's still very busy with doing lots of other ministry. And so uh, Steve's done a great job the last three years. And we've actually uh, asked Wayne, Wayne McClurg, to pick up the coordinating role. We've got four drivers in the mornings and Steve's got the system happening well. We do need a couple more drivers for night. We've got one driver who, who can come sometimes, so we need a couple more. So Wayne's going to help coordinate that and it's a, it's a vital ministry. So thank you, Wayne, for willing to step up for that. <clears throat> And uh, so we, we, we will look at strengthening that because one of those young ladies that gave a heart to the Lord on Sunday night came on the bus. She rang up, didn't have transport. If we didn't have the bus going, she probably wouldn't have made it to meet Jesus. So it is very, very um, vital ministry. <clears throat> um, Sozo ministry. Bevan and Carol, we introduced a few months ago, started that, took the oversight of that. We're going to do some training in April. We've got some trainers coming up and... We're going to train some more people in this very vital area of ministry and healing and wholeness and setting people free. And we want to really strengthen that and, and have that as a, just a very valuable part of our helping people grow into wholeness. Because so many people have got so much stuff just buried in their lives and they're too scared to let it out. They think, well, I don't need to face that. But it's affecting their relationships. It's affecting their f- hope for the future. So we really want to help uh, minister in that strategic planning we've started working on looking at all of our training courses um, all of the different uh, short-term courses of care force and cap money and new christians and so we're looking to set out a two-year plan and have different courses going each term throughout the next two years so we've started that in the next couple of weeks we'll get that together and just so cap might run twice a year and uh, we might have a valiant man once a year and we might have different ones so we'll just have a, a, a process so people that come in and there's a few others we haven't done that uh, great courses that we'll look at 
uh, some of the care force ones you know there's uh, different others that we haven't done the man to man and woman to woman we haven't done for a while and there's uh, search for intimacy and they've got about 10 great courses and Jeff and Wendy have been great facilitators I know I've got a few people interested in getting trained with facilitating again so we probably need to look at yes so we need to look at getting another group together for some facilitator training because we want to roll some more of those courses out um, and that will be um, really good so we want to get those pathways and courses and we've got to write the next couple of courses we've got the next steps one which are for the the new Christians course, Understanding Salvation, we want on the next level, which helps people understand the foundations of what our church is, our DNA and our culture and um, some of the other areas. And then a partnership one and uh, then a, a gifts, helping people get equipped to serve. And, and then we want a leadership pathway. So there's lots of things there we're working on. Um, so many other things happening. We just want to say thank you for being willing to step up and start another year. It's a bit exciting and a bit daunting sometimes, isn't it? The first week back from holidays, you think, oh, God. Holidays was really nice. I love serving God, but I was really nervous the first Sunday I got back. I just don't know why. I hadn't preached for four weeks, and I was really nervous. But once you start into it, it's like getting on the horse. You start going again. Once you do your first um, week, apart from youth with Tim and Lydia, that was sort of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bit of an overwhelming thing once you get your first life group happening your first event it's just the planning the process and then once you get into it god's grace is there and i i really believe that word that god spoke earlier on that he's going to equip us resource us he's going to grow us because i see increase this year i see a harvest i see that we're going to grow um transformations is just going awesome tina and team that is just so exciting and I met with Mike Barrett, the uh, director of uh, Teen uh, Tr- Transformations, and we're looking to even strengthen the network and the process so that the church has a much more direct ownership role in actually running the program. They will still run with all their courses, but we're, we're looking to strengthen that whole process with a, an agreement with the church, not just with Transformations. And uh, so we're, they're looking to roll it out so we're working that so it'll even strengthen that relationship and networking and process there because we just want to support what you guys are doing it's a great avenue of people meeting jesus and watching their families come i just get so excited and uh so it's awesome but it was so hot down there today tina mate we need some more fans air conditioning tina wants air conditioning for the hall down there it was carl just about melted didn't you carl <laughs> He thought he was in the middle of Africa <laughs> down there today. It was 28 de- degrees minimum last night with 88% humidity. That's about the hottest night I can remember in Harvey Bay for humidity and, and temperature. So <laughs> that's been pretty hot by, uh, by our standards. Um, Wayne's been visiting Richard Nightingale from our church, and Richard's been very ill. He's actually on oxygen now, and he's, he would still love to come to church, but he needs a portable oxygen um, set up so if anyone knows of someone who's got one of those or can access one we will follow it up and sometimes we've had people that have had one of those for elderly relatives or whatever because he still comes to church sometimes but he's now on and wendy his wife still comes and they used to run one of our life groups and we want to care and look after some of these people that go through um, times and Marilyn and i are going to visit uh, margaret officer tomorrow just to spend some time because we we're away when uh, the funeral is on and so in the midst of all of our busyness and planning and activities, remember it's all about God and people. 
It's all about God and people because if we love people and care and connect and support and strengthen, not just here on Sundays, we do Sundays fairly well. God's helped us with great teams to do Sunday very well, but we want to keep making sure we do the other six days of life and ministry well. Just caring, supporting, loving, connecting. Just those phone calls, just that email, just that card, just those little connections uh, can mean so much because so many people are just so busy and they're just a Medicare number and a Centrelink number and they just think they're a number. Even in a church our size, which isn't huge, there's some people just feel like they're not connected. They just like there's a guy been coming to our church for th- at least three months now. I've said hello to him. And I still don't know his name, and I don't even think we've got his details. He comes nearly every Sunday and sits down in the back corner, and I don't know who he is. He has given me his name once, and I forgot it, and I don't think he's full. But he never misses a Sunday, and I saw his son or his son or grandson was here on Sunday. And I thought, Lord, you're doing something there. And I don't know who they are. And I don't know if anyone else has got their details yet. So I just think, God, you're drawing people. And it's those little contacts. And I know some of us live busy lives, but sometimes we can say, hey, I'd love to meet you for a couple in the next two weeks. And uh, we all have lunch. And just finding time to do a, a couple or a lunch with some of those precious people. Or say, next Sunday I'll meet you and we'll have morning tea together. So I want to encourage you. We're doing an awesome God's up to some amazing. I believe it's going to accelerate this year. I do believe we're going to see an acceleration and an increase. Just to let you know, also, Tafferty and Rosina have stepped back from leading a frontline team. They've been doing it for nine years. They've been involved in frontline ministry. And uh, they've just got a busy season with kids, grandkids, and business. And so uh, we'll have taken opportunity to honor them. They're going to stay on a team. Um, so we're cutting our... Sunday morning teams from five back to four. Not that we're short of people, but we just have four at night, so we're going to try and just streamline the process in time and have um, a team for the, the whole day with a morning and night coordinator, and so we can just sort of flow over a bit more. So we'll do that over the coming months, but Tim and Ingrid are doing a great job there, so thanks, guys, for stepping up with that. Well, any other key questions before we ask Carl to come and speak and stir our hearts? God's good. Why don't we stand? I just think it's awesome. Teamwork is so powerful. One will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. I just think it's so powerful when we've got a team of 50 or more leaders in our church that can just touch so many lives. Holy Spirit, just speak to us right now. Thank you, Lord, for your love and comfort and all that you're doing in our church and our community we love our city i just pray for carl as he ministers to us now it will touch and stir our hearts and you would inspire us and equip us i thank you holy spirit for your amazing life that burns within us that fire that we heard about on sunday morning bless carl as he just shares the word of god with us now in jesus name amen Let's give him a big welcome, Carl, as you come and share with us. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend. Hey, how are you? It's uh, really, really good to be here with you tonight. It's uh, really an honor. 
And I'm always, as I've shared on the weekend, excited when I come to this church and to spend some time with you. And uh, kind of for you sitting here, actually, I'm going to need water. My throat's just a little crackly there. <clears throat> uh, for you hearing all about what your year has in store, you get all stirred up, you get excited, you're looking forward to that. And, and I'm kind of sitting there getting stirred up and excited too, but I've got to leave to, on Thursday. But praise God, I've got a pretty exciting year happening too and things coming together and I can't wait for some of the things that we're about to do, this whole new season that we've got in Myanmar. Um, I just, I can't wait. I don't know what's going to happen. I, it's really all new and I'm working with people I've never worked with before, but uh, they're telling me we're going to have about fifteen to 20,000 people in the first crusade, which I think if that comes off, that'll be pretty good. And, uh, and we've got three, so who knows what's going to happen over there. And just the favor that I've had in Singapore has been a real encouragement to me uh, over the last 18 months or so. And there's, a, there's about three or four mega churches that I've been preaching in there. And in fact, I'm actually going back to Singapore on the way to Myanmar to preach in St. Andrew's Cathedral, which is the massive big, it's, it seats over a thousand people, 12 services on a Sunday. It's just this huge big, and, and when you see a picture of this building, it's just, it's just, huge and uh, 150 churches relating to it and uh, it's the mother church so it's just exciting the opportunities that God's given us and uh, India amazing things happening there um, in, in uh, Chennai and Bangalore and, and um, Mumbai and uh, connected I, I preached in a pastor's conference and they want to do a crusade later in the year and, and this big church in Chennai with 40,000 people that I preached in they want to do some um, outreach meetings. I'm just like, wow, it's just cool, you know, exciting stuff. And but uh, you know, every time I come back here, I just feel a sense of of things happening, stirring and and building. And I know God's got great things in store for this church. And and it's always exciting. I, I talk to Ross from time to time throughout the year and hear of just things happening in the you know breakthroughs in the presence of God and things like that but I I know that those things that happen they, they are not so much um, arriving somewhere that's not a destination but it's just a doorway uh, into something more that God's got for you into a, another level that God's got for you and, and I know he's got some incredible things in store for this church every time I come here I'm just I'm just thinking when's that building going to be built you know because it's the home for the harvest that God is about to give you and and it's coming, and I believe that with all of my heart, amen, that a great harvest is, is on its way here. And uh, I just wanted to ask a question before I started. Uh, how, I, I, as I was saying, it's a, it's a real joy and honor to be here 15 years in a row. That's exciting for me to have that connection with the church. And I'm wondering, give me a wave if you have been here 15 years. Awesome. Look at that. You're fantastic. But I, I just wanted to say to all of you, really, that I'm really proud of you. Uh, I can say that because I'm a friend of the church. And I'm proud of what you've done and uh, where you've come to. And praise God for what's ahead, too. It's really, really awesome. And uh, so one thing I discovered with, the, with our Christian walk is that it's not just a pathway. It's a stairway. God is in the process of taking us higher and higher and uh, building us as individuals and building 
us as a church body together uh, to take us into the things that he's got for us. And, and uh, he wants to take us into a higher standard of living, into uh, higher levels of provision and blessing and health and strength and ministry, influence, impact, opportunity to bring glory to his name. And uh, so I just want to share a few things with you, and I'm probably going to make this up as I go, but I want to share a few things with you tonight just uh, that, that I've learned along the way to help you to keep going up. And uh, the first, first thing is to humble yourselves. Keep yourself humble. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, the Bible says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. And I'm wondering how many people here are humble. Give me a wave. <laughs> Humility is that elusive quality, isn't it? When you finally think that you've got it, you lose it. I heard about some guy who was at the World Congress for Humility, and uh, he actually won the prize for being the most humble man in the world. And when he got up out of his seat, they announced that, that he was the most. And when he got up out of his seat to come and receive the prize, they wouldn't give it to him. I don't know. Figure that one out. But... Uh, Humility's like that. It's a funny thing, isn't it? But, uh, you know, the world's way to the top is completely different to God's way, isn't it? The world's way is to try and get first in line, promote yourself at the expense of others and stand on other people's heads, climb the corporate ladder and all the ways that they do that. And uh, one of the sad things that you see in our nation is in the politics where, you know, that's how one party gets ahead is by keeping on bashing the other party. And it, it really makes me sick that. But, uh, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 23, verse 11, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And in God's kingdom, the way up is down. Amen. And uh, Bill Hybels had a book called Descending into Greatness. If you've never read that book, I encourage you to get hold of it and read it. It's a great leadership book. And it highlights the principle that if we want to be great, that we need to become a servant to all just as Jesus himself did and as Jesus said for us to do. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 9, Jesus said, your attitude, or sorry, the Bible, Paul says, your attitude should be the same that Jesus Christ had. That though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God, but he made himself nothing. He took on the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. And in human form, he obediently humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on a cross. Because of this, God raised him up to the heights of heaven and gave him a name that is above every name. Jesus humbled himself, came from the greatest heights down here to serve us in order that we might be raised up. And in that for that very reason, God raised him up and has set him in such a high place. Moses, of course, we know, who is a man of reasonable influence and uh, in a fairly high position in the, the uh, you know, people of God and things like that. But uh, we find in Numbers chapter 12, verse 13, the Bible says, Now Moses was more humble than any other person on the earth. It's quite an amazing thing to be said about someone, isn't it? He was more humble than any other person on the faith the space of the earth. And we know that he had done a big blooper uh, when he first tried to bring deliverance to the people of God by murdering that Egyptian and uh, put his foot in it, ended up on the run and, uh, and then got stuck in the mountain for 40 years 
serving his father-in-law, chasing stupid sheep around the mountain, and chasing, chasing stupid sheep's enough to humble anybody. And uh, obviously it worked for, for Moses because he came to the point of pretty much being underconfident, to the point when the Lord did call him to go and set my people free, he just came out with all those excuses. It was like, well, who am I? Uh, I can't do this and I can't do that. And what are they going to, what, and what, what if they don't believe me? And what am I going to say? And he just was so full of excuses that um, it made God mad. But we see that, that, that 40 years of chasing sheep around and all that sort of stuff, that it had done something in his spirit and, uh, and time went by when God was leading God's people. When he came to the mountain, something had shifted on the inside of him. Instead of saying, no, I don't want to do it, he said, okay, we'll go, but don't send us if you don't come with us. So there was a shift to that place. See, humility is not about getting down on yourself. It's about getting down on your knees. That's the, that's the whole thing. And Moses had learned at that place uh, to say, okay, I'll obey the Lord. But help, <laughs> help. And that's, that's probably the best prayer that you can pray. And probably a greatest indication of our humility is our prayer life, our dependence upon God. And uh, I know, and, and, and you know, I, had a, I started to look at the prayer room today, um, the war room. Uh, I haven't looked, seen the whole thing. But uh, I really believe two things are happening. I, I agree with Pastor Ross that this is a season for harvest. I really believe that. In fact, uh, of all the churches that I was ministering in in, in India, they're all expecting harvest this year. It's kind of like a window's opened up in that nation and other places around. Harvest is a big thing for this year, but I also believe that God's calling His church to pray like never before. And, uh, you know, that can almost sound like a cliche. Uh, we were singing it earlier, deeper, and I, and I was just really, really sensing that call of the Lord deeper, and uh, particularly in leadership, to get on our knees, to get on our faces. And, and uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things that God did in my life before he led me into an itinerant ministry was got me on my knees because I was quite dependent upon my natural. And as leaders, quite a lot, we have leadership natural abilities, you know. And it wasn't until God just smashed all that out of me and got me on my face and going, God, I can't do this without you, that he says, now you're ready. And, and I learned to, to, to cultivate, you know, a, a prayer life, which I didn't have much of prior to that. And uh, so the first one is to humble ourselves. Number two is to be faithful. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. Jesus said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you are faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come and share your master's joy. And uh, that is very much the journey we go on uh, in serving the Lord, being faithful in what He's put our hand to, faithfully serving in the house. Uh, for some of us, God has, has our own ministries. Like myself, it was serving the Lord faithfully in my house, and He led me into another ministry. Some of us, we just faithfully serve in the house, and God leads us into other levels of influence and other levels of ministry within the house. And, and so as we remain faithful, God is able to, to keep using us. And, and I just started out as a, as a singer in the church. That was, that was my humble beginnings, a backing singer, and then a musician, and then a youth leader, and kind of one step on from the other, just kept on faithfully 
um, serving God. And I, and I kept an attitude, and it was, it was a yes kind of an attitude. It was, I'll just continue to do what I can do and do it with all of my heart. And whatever I get asked to do, I'll just keep saying yes. And, and nothing was too much. And I remember as a musician uh, actually playing the guitar in every service for 18 months. And I, and I didn't, I, it was a joy. It was just a privilege, you know. I just kept on doing that. It wasn't like, oh, you're going to get someone else to do it or whatever. But I, I just loved serving the Lord. And he's taken me on that journey, you know, where I got involved in youth leadership and came over here and then got involved in a whole lot of different other areas of ministry in what's now Hope Center. I was involved in running my own campus or my own congregation at one point there and, and uh, running a jazz cafe service at another point, running the men's ministry, running the training program. So I just faithfully served God in all sorts of different things. And on the way, of course, God was preparing me for things to come. But uh, just, I think more than anything, it's that, it's that attitude, that humility of, um, of just serving and aligning yourself with others. And um, Jesus said something. Uh, I kind of, it's, you know, Jesus doesn't normally say negative stuff. Uh, but the way that this is put kind of can sound, can sound negative. But in reading it, I was today also putting it around the other way. Uh, Jesus says, unless you're faithful in small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. So, of course, if you are faithful in small, you're going to have a tendency to be faithful in larger things, that God wants to lead you into larger things. It said if you, if you cheat a little, you, uh, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And we can see also from that that the Lord, His intention is to give us greater responsibilities. Uh, if you're untrustworthy with worldly wealth, then who will trust you, trust you with true riches of heaven? And again, putting it around, God's intention is to give us the true riches and, and to lavish those upon us and, and uh, to use us. If you're, if you're not faithful of other people's money, well, again, uh, should you be trusted with money of your own? The Lord wants to bless us. He wants to do us good. And, and uh, so we just keep on going, keep our attitudes right, keep faithfully um, serving. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14 says this, For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we shall share in all that belongs to Christ. Isn't that awesome? God's just got so much in store for us. And, and so just keep faithful. Amen. Number three is to look up. Um, getting the right heading for this one. I'm not quite sure, but look up and, and catch the vision. Look up and, and, and see. Get a hold um, of what God has got for you. Uh, you know, some scriptures you almost feel like you wear them out, but they're just such important scriptures to continue to, uh, to keep a hold of. Proverbs 29 verse 18, Without a vision, people perish or dwell carelessly, or they come to nothing. One translation says, without a progressive vision. And I've learned something along the way that it's a progressive vision because basically you you step into a part of it and then God leads you into the next bit. It, uh, it's, gone, it's like you're going around the world and, and, and you can only see so far. And, and once you've embrace that part of the vision and stepped into that you've increased you've enlarged your capacity and then you're able to see further around the horizon and it's progressive and God keeps on taking you further and further and enlarging you as you go around following after that vision that he's got for you um but you know if you don't know what you're here for if you kind of just 
just hanging around, you end up wasting your time. And the best way to go nowhere in life is to have nowhere to go or rather not know where you're going. Like my dog. My dog loves to go for walks and he always likes to lead, but he doesn't know where we're going. And it's so funny because he's always out the front there like, come on, come on, where are we going? Where are we going? Come on. It's like that. It just cracks me up. But Genesis chapter 35 verse 1, the Bible tells us Joseph had a dream. And it was something that he carried in his heart that just kept moving him along and moving him forward, no matter what was going on. It was a dream of greatness. It was a dream of influence. And uh, it kept him focused through those trying times in his life and uh, made him influential no matter where he was. I I really relate to Joseph uh, because I've had prophecies over my life, uh, being a Joseph, as some of you else probably have, and and one of the last things I did in New Zealand before I moved to Australia was I was Joseph in a musical. I was actually Joseph. And I got to Australia, and the first prophecy over me was, you're a Joseph, and your life's going to be just like Joseph. And I was like, yes, yeah, cool. You know, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like, yuck. Uh, but, you know, the thing, and, and I have been through those seasons in my life. I've been through those seasons of preparation. And, and ministry life is not easy. Uh, the season of being molded, the process of getting prepared is not easy. And uh, I thank God for the prophetic words that were spoken over me on my journey, which helped and encouraged me along the way. Not everyone gets the prophetic words, but the reality is you will go through the school hard knocks. You will go through challenging times and, and stretching times and things like that. But if you are carrying a vision on the inside of you, that will help you through those seasons. And, and there, uh, you know, Joseph went through the, the time serving Potiphar's house. I've been through that season where I've served other people in ministry. Their ministry has flourished, but they, through my hard work, but they got the credit for it. And, and I'll never forget one time I was in a church and I was up on the stage. And no, I wasn't. I was actually up in the congregation. It was the end of the year. And, uh, I had pretty much been the youth leader. I'd been the one who had put all the energy into it and, uh, you know, ran most of the stuff. But because I was young and single at the time, they had a couple overseeing me. And that couple overseeing me, he was also a guitarist. He happened to be up on the platform on the Sunday morning. At the end of the year, the pastor was congratulating him for the great work that he's done with the youth throughout the year. And he was standing on the platform going, He was a bit of a character, you know, and he was playing it up. But, and, and, uh, but I was sitting in my seat thinking, you mongrel. <laughs> I've been taking the glory for all my hard work. But, you know, God spoke to me right there and said, Carl, you're not in it for the glory. And, uh, you know, if you're in it for the glory. And, and to be honest, the reality is he's not, not even a Christian these days, that guy, let alone uh, serving the Lord. And so it's just quite a sad thing. But uh, so I've been through that season, the the. Potiphar's house season, serving other ministries, seeing other ministry flourish. It happened in New Zealand. It happened here when I came to Australia for a number of years. And uh, But then also I went through the prison season, which I went through three years of, of the school of hard knocks. And uh, a really, really hard season to go through and molding process. That was the thing that got me on my knees because prior to that, arriving from New Zealand, I was not full of myself, but I was just on we can do it and and depended upon my natural abilities and things like that and so god had to to allow me to go through that season to learn to to lean on him and uh and all of that but 
I, I kept carrying in me the sense of the call of God. I kept carrying in me this, this vision, this dream um, to serve the Lord. And uh, it just kept me going. The same way with Joseph. It kept him going when he was there in the prison, oh, in Potiphar's house for a starter. Of course, he raised up and had great influence in the house. And the house was blessed because of him. In the prison, he, he was raised up and, and uh, was given leadership in the prison. And uh, when you're carrying something on the inside of you, it'll manifest. If you carry something great inside of you, it'll manifest in everything that you do. And uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, As a man thinks, so he is. And uh, you can only really become as successful and influential as you think you will become. And I, I really believe in, uh, that God, one thing God is going to do in and through this church is increase, what was the word? It's increase um, esteem is probably not the right word for it, but I really believe that God is going to cause people in this church to think more highly of themselves. You know, now the Bible talks about don't think more highly than you, of yourself than you ought, but there's, a, there's another side to that. The enemy wants you to think lower of yourself than you ought as well. And uh, a lot of people have been broken and don't really think much of themselves. Or, uh, And I really believe something that's going to happen here is that God is going to rise up people's sense of who they are as sons and daughters of Christ, of God, and uh, and that, that true identity in Him and a confidence in that. And, and because the devil slapped people around, I believe he's robbed some people of their destiny in this church because they've not really believed that they could be everything that God would intend them to be. And I, I really sense this is going to happen. Uh, even if some people in this room, God is going to stir that sense in you and, and a confidence in you and a vision in you and a, like a determination to, to just shake off the things that the enemy's tried to put on you. It's almost like a, a wet blanket he's tried to put on you. He's tried to hold some of you down and hold some of you back from what God's wanting to do in and through your lives. And that's not to say you're going to go running off and do your own thing, but it's, it's that God's going to raise you up to a new level in the area of ministry that you are and, and the capacity that you have. Amen. So that just came from nowhere right there. But, uh, you know, so many people, of course, are preconditioned with negative kind of responses and uh, because of their past experiences and words and you know it's hard to soar like an eagle when you think like a turkey so keep just keep pumping the good stuff in there you know some people they dream about shaking nations while other other people all that they can think about is shaking their booty and uh what do you what do you call that thing i was trying to think of what that thing the goose the, the turkey has that wobbles that's their throat isn't it Oh, it's the chicken that has it up here, isn't it? What's, what do you call that thing? It's a comb on a chicken, isn't it? Look, what's it down here? It's a, got a name. Something. Oh, yeah. I've shared it before, but I'll share it again. Um, just My life has been a, a journey of, of visions, basically. A journey of, of, of dreams and things like that. I look back over my life and there's significant times where the Lord has spoken to me and there have been shift times in my life. But those times have come just as I've continued to lean into God in, in prayer and, and things like that. And uh, of course, the first one, 
you heard me share was in 1988 when I had that dream, standing before God at the end of my life and saying, hey God, here's my life, pretty good, huh? This is when I was a youth leader. This is when I was a musician in New Zealand, uh, working for an oil company, had a good life. God looks at my life and says, eh, that's not bad, but this is what I had for you. And that just that sense of God's got something more. Uh, I actually don't remember what it was he showed me. Uh, I just remember that he had something amazing in store for me. And that was enough just to stir my heart to keep pushing and going for this amazing thing that God had in store for me. And then it just kind of different times in my life. I'm having these these dreams. These, and, but, you know, I found also each time this, it caused a shift to happen in my life, there was a cost. There was a price. You know, there was, there was that one time I can remember uh, around about 2001 and I, I had a dream this time I was living in a, in a penthouse apartment. See, I'd let go of everything moving from New Zealand to Australia. I'd be, been prepared to lay everything down to do that. And then I'd got here in Australia and then I had laid down my full-time job contracting and engineering earning good money and all that sort of stuff to go into full-time ministry but then in 2001 having been in full-time ministry um, since 1990 again I had a, I had a vision there and that was like um, this was the one where I was in my apartment and I was looking out of my apartment I see on the river these three big like launches and beautiful boats and all at once, all three of them just went bloop, bloop, down and sunk. And I was watching, I can remember zooming in on the radars and seeing all these bits going under the water and thinking, well, that's not going to be good for it and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and it's just, it was so vivid and it just stuck with me. And I'm like, Lord, what does this mean? And, and then God just sharing with me, uh, revealing to me the, the meaning of the dream that I had to let go of three major areas of my life and he was going to move me on into the next season. And, and so that's what I had to do. There were three things that, that, were, that were very on my heart at the time, and I just let them go. And, and God then moved me on to a whole new season. And I just keep on seeing that and, incredible um, one thing after another, one, one, journey, one season leading into another season and, and keeping on leaning into God and keeping my, keep looking up and, and keeping expecting the heavenly vision to be a progressive vision. And, uh, you know, 2005 was that significant time where, I was in that conference down in, in Sydney with Tommy Barnett preaching about multiplication. He said, if you want something multiplied, you shout it out. It was like 3,000 people in the auditorium all wanted to, wanted to, no, first he said, come to the front. And everybody tried to move, but we couldn't get there because like everyone was trying to go to the front at the same time. He says, just shout it out. Shout out what you want multiplied. I shout out souls and miracles, right? And I had this like encounter. I felt like I put my fingers right into the sockets of heaven and a divine download started to take place. And, and it was just so awesome. I didn't want to move. And they closed the meeting. They told everyone to get out of the auditorium. And I just rebelled and I stayed there I just like I waited until the last minute I just thought I'm not going to cut this off you know when you're when you're downloading something on a computer you don't want to turn your computer off until it's finished because you don't want to have to start again later it was like that it's like no I just want to stay here right as long as I can and that's when God spoke to me as clear as I heard the voice of God and he said five million souls and it was like whoa that was and I, I just like I don't know how to do five million souls God you're going to show me what to do with that one. And I put it on the shelf. I didn't tell anybody about that for 18 months. And, and it just, just kind of sat there. And then God started to 
open up the doors into Africa. And, and I just sort of started seeing this all coming to pass, something starting to happen. A whole, I started connecting, going to Africa with Reinhardt Bonnke, went to, to um, Orlando, Florida with Reinhardt, and just started catching things in my spirit and seeing things. And then next moment we were taking teams over to Africa. And, and, you know, we started getting to the point where we were seeing tens of thousands of salvations. And it was getting exciting. And, of course, you know, the wheels fell off that in 2008, no, 2012, when they had the truck crash and, and all that sort of thing. Um, just been back to Africa this year. Jamie came with us. And, uh, but what's going to happen in Myanmar, man? I'm just looking at that. This could be huge. And so, I don't know, God's going to do it somehow. But I'm just carrying it in my spirit, and it's just exciting. But, uh, you know, if you don't desire to do anything great, I question whether or not you're really close to God. That might sound a little bit controversial. But uh, see, the Bible says in Psalm 37 verse 4, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And how many people know that He is a big God with big plans? And if you get close to a big God with big plans, He's going to start sharing some of that with you. you know. And uh, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He's, he's, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask and think. And that's, of course, one of my greatest scriptures. But as I think about that one, He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. He's able to do it. He's able to do it. If, and if He's able to do it, what does that tell us? He does. Eh? He's, he's, he's built to do it. He's ready to do it. He's waiting to do it. He wants to do it, and, and, and that just excites me. And, and so whatever we ask God for, he's, he's got more in mind, and he's just like, I've just been waiting for you to ask me to do that. What does the Bible say? Because the, the doing is our part, but the asking is God's part. You do not have because you do not ask. And, uh, you know, so God is just, he just wants to do amazing, amazing things in us. And, and uh, you know, when we do get closer to God, he shares his thoughts and plans with us, and he, allow, he wants us to become part of that. To be part of the, the amazing thing that he wants to do around us. Je- Daniel 11.32. The people who know their God, I shared this in, in Transformations, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I love that verse. It, it just it encourages me. I want to do great exploits. How many people here want to do great exploits? Who wants to do something extraordinary I, I want to do that and and those who know their God will be strong and do that and of course we know the word there is the word yada the Hebrew word yada those who yada their God shall be strong and do great exploits which is the same word in Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 where it says Adam knew Eve and she conceived and gave birth to Cain Adam yada Eve it's intimacy with God. It's all about getting close to God. And of course, when we get close to God in the same way where Adam got close to Eve, she conceived and she carried that baby. She carried a she was pregnant with the, with the baby and gave birth to him. And, and we get intimate with God. What happens? He impregnates us. Delight ourselves in the Lord. He gives us the desires of our heart. He puts in our spirit His plans, His purposes. He shares with us what He wants to do. And, 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 we, and we start carrying stuff. We start carrying a dream. We start carrying a vision. And then the time comes when we give birth to that. And, and something amazing happens in and through our lives. And it's just exciting stuff. Amen? Number four. Feed your faith. Feed your faith. Hebrews... 11, 33 to 35, by faith, 
These people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. Pretty exciting stuff, eh? You know, faith is the currency of heaven. Matthew 9, 2, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Matthew 9, 22, Jesus turned to her, Take heart, daughter, he said to her, Your faith has healed you. Matthew 9, 29, then he touched her eyes or their eyes and said, According to your faith, whatever it is will be done to you. Matthew 15, 28, Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted and her daughter was healed from that very hour. Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as a mustard seed, uh, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Matthew 21, 22, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Luke chapter 7, verse 50, Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Romans chapter 4, verse 9, Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. In Romans 5, 1, we have been justified through faith. And, and in verse 2, we have gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand. 2 Chronicles 20, 20, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, which of course to us now is the word of God, and you will be successful. Faith works. Amen. And... Uh, where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. And, and uh, we, we know that. Faith is, is contagious, I believe. Uh, when you get, get around people of faith, you start, you start catching faith. Uh, but the more time that you spend in the Word of God, reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God, listening to the Word of God, you know, I've noticed people who are people of great faith are not always great learned people but they're often people who just spend a lot of time listening to faith preachers and they really got faith and even africa you get really surprised when you go over there because they're very simple people but their faith amazes you sometimes they might be full of compromise but they're full of faith as well it's kind of like come on but uh amen romans 12 3 to 8, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. In, or in ministry, let us use it, what? Our faith in ministering. He who teaches in teaching, use your faith in teaching. He who exhorts, use faith in exhortation. He who gives with liberality, who leads with diligence. And so, so we, whatever it is that we do, we do it with faith. And when we do it with faith, it's going to be successful and extraordinary. And if we struggle in faith, well, we ask the Lord to help us, don't we? And He's quick to help us. And even when we come to the end of our faith, which some of us do, I notice even though we're given the measure of faith, the measure of faith can fail us, can't it? And uh, if, we, if we're particularly dependent upon our experiences and our journeys and stuff like that, and, and uh, 
you know, I, I may have shared it here before, my own journey where I hit the wall. And uh, you've probably had those hit the wall times where you've prayed and believed God and been pushing into God and things just haven't worked out the way that you thought it would work out. Your prayers weren't answered and it's like smash. And, and sometimes it's really honestly hard to keep going, isn't it? And, uh, and for me, while I'm an evangelist preaching and praying for the sick and at the same time having that sort of thing happen to me where, you know, while I'm praying for people, now I've got these question marks in my mind and the question marks are like, you know, I know God can do this, but I don't know if he's going to do it. Ah, that's a horrible, horrible thought to have when you're praying for people. To be thinking, I know God can do this, but I don't know if he will. That's a, that's a horrible, why? Because your prayer wasn't answered, you know, and, and that sort of thing. You can have that. And, and for me, that's where God taught me this whole thing about it's a stairway. It's not just a pathway. And, and what I thought was a, was a wall wasn't a wall. It was just a very high step. And if I want to get up and, and, to, and walk at that level, then I've got to let go of my, my disappointments. I've got to let go of my failures. I've got to let go of, of even my successes. I've got to let go of all of my experiences because operating at that level of faith has nothing to do with your experiences. It's got everything to do with His promises. And it's just kind of like, for me at that very moment, when I was on my way to that, to that meeting, the last meeting of a series of meetings I was doing, I'd been feeling flat. They'd gone kind of okay, but I just knew it could be a whole lot more. And when God just gave me that revelation, it was like, I just got hit, really, with like an infusion. It felt like, I believe, was the gift of faith. It was just like, woof! And that's faith that comes from God's Spirit, not from our own spirit. It was an impartation of the gift of faith because I knew that God wanted me to operate not in disappointment, but operate just trusting His Word and keeping on going. And, and uh, you know, sometimes we just need that oomph in our spirit. Maybe tonight you're at that place. It's like something smashed you and you just haven't got that, that simple kind of expectation that you used to have. You just got a little bit jaded and a little bit weary in your faith. But God just wants to put that in there. Amen. Hallelujah. Number five, gear up for great things. In Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 7, it's quite actually, if you read that little chapter there, it's quite quite scary looking at today's scenario. It's just about Gog and, and uh, being told by the Lord to get ready to come and conquer Israel, or, or attack Israel at least. And uh, But what is the point I want to bring out of this is the word of the Lord says, get ready, be prepared, keep all the arm, armies around you mobilized and take command of them. A long time from now, you will be called into action. That's funny, eh? Get ready! Get ready! Down the track sometime, I'll call you into action. It's funny, isn't it? But in Judges chapter 4, verse 14, this is um, Deborah, the prophetess to Barak. He said, she said this, Get ready! Today the Lord is going to give you victory over Caesarea and for the Lord is marching ahead of you. So whether it's today or tomorrow or next week or next month or in five years or whatever, get ready because you don't know really uh, when God's going to open that door, when God's going to turn that, that thing around, when that, when that 
favours suddenly going to come your way. Get ready. You know, an athlete, the best time for an athlete to get ready is before the race begins. Not, not when the, you don't see too many runners in the Olympics running down, putting their shoes and socks on after the bell, after the gun's gone off, you know. It reminds me of when I was a kid and I was in a running race. It's the running race. Have you ever had one of those things when you're a kid? It's the thing that you never forget that you, you were involved in that was so humiliating. For me, it was a running race. Uh, but it was a running race after my brother tried to chop my toe off with a lawnmower. And uh, <laughs> he was a little bit impatient when he was trying to teach me how to mow the lawns. And I was wearing my gum boots, and he tried to, he just went around the tree. And I was on the other side of the tree and just ran straight over my foot with the lawnmower and uh, chopped the top off my gum boot and took the top off my toe at the same time. And it was one of those slow motion moments where everything goes motion and that's down the driveway but uh, no so I got the end of my foot toe chopped off but um, it grew back amazingly I've got a scar there to show you but it's growing back but um, anyway what happened after that I got this bandage wrapped around my toe and I ended up still in the school running races I don't know why they got me in the running race with bare feet that was back in the day before Nikes and all that but here I am running down the field running down the track in my bare feet with my toe bandaged up and the bandage starts coming undone. And it's... <laughs> and I'm trying to run along with this thing here, <laughs> dragging along behind me. It's kind of like I didn't quite feel ready for that race, but... Uh... <laughs> it's hilarious, eh? I would have loved to have seen it. But, you know, we need to just get ourselves ready. You don't see a, a soldier going into the, into the battle sharpening his sword or patching his shield you know, or running into the battle with no sword and going, ah, she'll be right. We'll give it a go. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> He's going to get diced up. And, uh, but, you know, perhaps now's the time that God's saying to you, get ready. He's saying, go to that, go to Bible college. Just take on another subject. Do this, whatever it might be. Um, you know, learn something. Get skilled. Go to uni, uh, build relationships that you need to build or, or develop that financial base for what it is that the Lord's leading you into next and, and uh, develop all those disciplines that you need to develop because you don't know when the gun's going to go and the gun could be going pretty soon. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 22. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. And I believe that God has great things in store for you. And uh, this is that thing. You, you, you just feel the urgency. I feel the urgency. And uh, I just want to finish one more thing. And I'm making this one up as I go. Is just kind of lean on, lean and keep leaning into his presence. It's one thing I love about this church is you are leaning into the presence of God. Keep leaning into the presence of God. What Moses said when he said to the Lord, don't send us up from here without your presence because he added to that what else will distinguish us from every other person on the face of the earth but the presence of God keep leaning into his presence because God is just going to drop a bomb on you um, and he's, he's done a few of those but I just believe there's big bombs coming you know big God bombs and uh, big heavy clouds full of God stuff about to be poured upon you and uh, you know 
I had this, I, we have those times in ministry and in life where we just kind of feel like, oh, you know, um, you prayed and it's not much happening in your world and your prayers don't seem to be answered. I don't know if you, you probably don't have those, but um, I remember having a real bad season like that where it's like, God, where are you? You know, like, I really didn't sense God's presence. And, uh, and, I, and I thought, I can't keep going like this. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to push in and break through into the presence of God. And so I got my guitar and I went in my bedroom and I said, I'm not leaving my room, Lord, until I've met with you. And I just started worshiping God. I spent about two hours in my room just with the, just just pushing and pushing and pushing. And until I came to this moment where suddenly the atmosphere shifted, where suddenly it was like God's in the room. You know, you know when God's in the room. Not to say His presence is not always with us, but you just know when God's turned up. Hey, and and it was one of those moments for me. I felt the presence of God hit the room so strongly while I'm playing. I just and I, and I just was playing the certain kind of progression of chords. Not nothing spectacular, but it was just I'd not played that progression in that way before. And as I was playing that, it was just there it was there was the presence of God and so I just kept playing that over and over and then I started singing now I had been singing for two hours or so but I I started singing this time I wasn't singing my words it was actually God singing through me to me and uh and that is that a is that a gong (laughs) And it was it was God speaking to me and 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 calling me. It's like come and run away with me, you know. In my presence is fullness of joy. In my presence is is um, abundance of love. And my presence is fullness, uh, peace, and just the whole works, you know. And, and I got this revelation during that that time that that God longs for our longs for intimacy with us more than we long for it with Him. It's like He created us for intimacy he created us for relationship he created us for his presence and uh, and it just stirred something in me and and shifted something in me and i began to develop more and more the habit of worshiping god and spending time and and to the point where i'd sit in my wardrobe every day for about an hour just worshiping god and uh, and then i'd sort of just from that break into prayer and 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 cry out to god and things like that and and uh, that's when my itinerant ministry really started to kick in and and God called me to, to start a traveling ministry. And I had some friends say to me, Carl, can we actually, Aaron, are you there, mate? I oh, didn't see me. It seemed to have disappeared. Oh, there. Do you want to grab, are we going to do some guitar, but and whatever. Um, and so anyway, my mates came over and they said, well, they said, can we come over and get you to lay hands on us and pray? And I said, yeah, sure, come over. And so they came over and I said, look, um, before I pray for you, let's uh, worship God. And so I just grabbed my guitar and I, and I just closed my eyes and I just did what I did every day in my wardrobe. I sang probably three or four songs. I don't know how long I worshipped for, maybe half an hour. And I just, just had this time. And uh, to me, it was just a normal time. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, I'm going to open my eyes and I'm going to look around the room, see where the guys are, and then go and lay my hands on them and pray for them. But to my surprise, when I opened my eyes, everyone else in the room was like flat on their faces I 
weeping and shaking in the presence of God. It was like, and like the bomb had come. God just dropped his bomb in the room and, and, I, and I didn't notice it because I'd become used to it. I'd just been cultivating the presence of God in my life. And uh, yeah, sometimes we don't realize what we've got. And some people come in and it's like, wow, you've got something incredibly special here. And, and I believe as a church you have got something incredibly special here. But I also believe that as a church, big bombs are coming. Big bombs are coming. And get ready for them. And they're coming soon. And, and God's going to do some amazing things. So why don't you just stand up before the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's lift our voices up. Let's lift our hands up. Yes, Lord. I just want to continue this atmosphere in the presence of the Lord. You know, I spent about, I I can't remember how many years in worship as a worship leader in the church, as a musician in the church. And there was one thing that God made very clear to me as a worship leader, and that is you cannot take people where you have not been yourself. And, and so I just learned, even before I would worship, before I would lead worship, I would make sure I had been there. I had been right into the presence of God. I'd broken through into that place where I'd got hold of God. And, and uh, I believe that God wants to do some amazing things. And He wants you to take areas of ministry, places that they've not been before. Uh, but it means you leaning in. It means you going there first. And, and maybe let's, uh, let's, I just want to open this area down the front. Maybe something that I've shared tonight, God's just put his finger on something or, or just 
tick something in your heart and you just want to say, God, I just want to lean in on this area tonight. I just want to, uh, I, I want to push into you tonight. As leaders, you know, we're so often ministering and giving out and, and, and perhaps tonight you just want to come out and say, God, I, I, just, I just need that. I just need that fresh touch. I just need that fresh encounter. I just need that leaning into you. So come on, let's worship. You want to come out of your seat? Come on down the front. We'll pray with you. We'll lay our hands on you. Father, we just thank you for your presence here. Yes, Lord. Oh, we love your presence, God. We love your presence, God. We lean in, Lord. We lean in. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to continue with this. We're going to continue with this, but I'm just sensing something else. And I, and I believe this coming season of harvest, that God is going to put an anointing on you in your various ministries for souls like you've not seen before. And, and, and anticipate that. 
in your ministry. You might think, my ministry, you don't normally kind of see souls happen. It's going to happen. Worship leading, souls are going to get saved during worship leading. Things like this, uh, you know, just out there on the driving buses, people will get saved in the buses. Things are going to happen in the youth ministry. It's going to be a, an incredible uh, breakthrough, souls happening in that. And just, I see other areas in the life of the church. Just claim that over your ministry. Souls and harvest and breakthrough like you've not seen. Father, we believe for this. And just stretch up your hands. Just stretch up your hands concern that. Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for an increased anointing for souls over every ministry represented here in the life of this church. Father, that throughout this year, there'll be souls getting saved in ways and in places that never happened before. Unexpected. Bunches of people getting saved. Father, I pray, give this church the incredible harvest that they're believing for. Give this church the incredible breakthrough that they're believing for in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for what is coming. We thank you for that. We bless you for that.
not finished with you. Somebody here, you think he's finished. He's not finished with you. He's actually calling you. He's calling you David. Yes, you call. Just respond. He's calling. He's calling you deeper. You've gone deeper. You've gone deeper. But he's calling us more. There's more, there's more, there's more. Here's love, love. Sing it again. As you call me, deeper still as you call me. Deeper still as you call me. Deeper still until I'm coming love. You call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love. Oh Lord Jesus. I just see the Holy Spirit drawing some of our hearts. I see disappointment and frustration dropping away from your soul and I see faith and expectation and anticipation rising and almost a bursting in your soul of can't wait to see what God's going to do he's restoring excitement and faith and anticipation to your soul that the enemy has tried to rob He's tried to crush that through sickness, through family members, and through tiredness. He's tried to crush it, but I see the Spirit of God rising up like a strong force in your soul, pushing back frustration and disappointment. And I see His strength just beginning to surge in your spirit and soul. And there's going to, you're going to wake up in the coming days just 
can't wait to see what God's going to He's going to revive and restore a spirit of faith and anticipation over your soul. Oh, Lord, help us to see that and receive it, Lord, and we, we receive it by faith. Oh, God, and that lack of confidence, you're restoring confidence. Replacing insecurity with confidence. Thank you for it, Father. We receive that. I receive that, Lord. I receive that as a leader. We receive that as a church. Lord, we receive it right now on behalf of the teams that we work with, Lord. We receive by faith confidence on behalf of the team. Some of you just for a moment need to just lift up your teams and say, Lord, I see a spirit of faith and confidence and encouragement just arising over our teams, oh God where you've been facing this year, thinking, how's that going to work out? Lord, I release the spirit of faith and confidence and courage right now in Jesus' name over our teams and our leaders and our church. Holy Spirit, we love you. We just love you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You're a good, good Father, and that's who you are. And we just love you. Oh, Lord. Lord, help us to carry what we feel here tonight into our ministry over these coming weekdays and weeks. Let that anointing overflow. Let it surge in our being. Thanks, Carl, for sharing your word and stirring our hearts. The Holy Spirit is birthing some fresh vision and hope and faith. Jesus. And a couple of ladies just gather around Sue. Sue's got to go to Sydney for her mum having a major operation. She's going to be there for a few weeks just ministering with us. Just someone just stand around Sue. Lord, let your grace just fill Sue and her mum. Lord, just pray that you would bring about successful operation and the grace for Sue. And Lord, as she just releases those responsibilities just for a few weeks, Lord, in after school care, let covering be over all of that. Lord, we just pray for a mum that she would recover quickly from that operation in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Father I just believe for increase over every ministry in our church Lord increase God would stir some of you to write down some bold goals of increase for this year personal and ministry goals just write down some bold ones as inspired by the Holy Spirit Oh, I thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your blessing. We just pray for tomorrow night will be a great night of a spiritual encounter as the church gathers. And Lord, as we just get filled up and launched out in this year, spiritually full and overflowing, Lord, encourage and bless. Bless our families. Let your blessing flow. Give us a really good rest and refresh. And as we lead our teams this year, we'll just see increase and on Sunday and Vision Sunday, we'll see more people, volunteers step up and people wanting to join teams. And we won't be short, but we'll be wondering where can we fit everyone. Lord, we believe for that. We'll have more than enough, not lacking, but we'll have more than enough. We believe for that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God's good, eh? Thanks, Carl. Let's give God praise. Thanks, Carl, for sharing your heart. <clears throat> Thanks for just hanging out in the presence of Jesus. 
Tomorrow, 7 o'clock, we're just going to have a spiritual encounter night. Just come and let's just believe for God to overflow across our church. Just really fill and refresh and overflow so that we can launch into this year with incredible excitement, anticipation, prayer, harvest. Oh, Lord, you do it by your spirit. God bless you. Have a good night. Thanks for coming. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.